I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. <laughs> but I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. <laughs> Let the goons be goons. Eleven in a row. Eleven in a row. Eleven in a row. Enough. <laughs> thirty-eight in a row. As in thirty-eight on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. A Sunday edition of Reed's Ranch, October 18th, about 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Seth Hughes joins us down in Alabama. Seth, this is not a victory podcast for the Tennessee Volunteers. No, it is not. It is a, uh, and as you perfectly said it in our text messages, it's a uh, let's go ahead and record it. Let's go ahead and record and get it over with podcast. I mean, what the fuck? I mean, there's a lot of things that we can say. Like, there's a lot of things that we can say. Um, I don't even know where you start out. I guess you start out with the first pick six, which was so bad. So bad, because he stared down that dude for so long. And he threw it across the field on, what, third and four? And then you had Pruitt, I mean, take shots at Cheney for that play call. Yeah, so things seem bad. So Yeah, things things seem bad. Things have uh, completely done a 180. I mean, think about how you felt the first half of the Georgia game, and now look where we're at just a week later. Like, that is uh, brutal. So, I'm not saying that Cheney doesn't deserve some grief. Okay, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that as the head coach, I think it's pretty shitty to say. I really hate that call. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's all on me. Like, if you're going to take a shot at Jim, then don't add the caveat at the end. Yeah, he's. I was going to say, he always said it's all on him and then was offering up a lot of excuses yesterday. Like, if you're going to take the shot at Jim, then take the shot at Jim. Was it a bad play call? <clears throat> I don't know. It looks like it was. But I still, it's like my best friend Luke said last night in the hotel room, it didn't matter who Jeremy Pruitt hired as offense coordinator. Like, he could have hired Andy Reid to call plays. And Jared Garantano would still screw it up. Like, it doesn't matter what Jim Chaney calls. Well, by the way, I disagree. I think Andy now, I think coach, that I, I think Andy Reid would coach these boys up. I just now, I think I that... There. Now, I think that what Cheney could do a lot better at is to call plays that accentuate his player's skill set, which he does not do. But, like, Cheney obviously... I, like, 
I'm, I meant just in the sense that, like, Cheney can go out there and call what he thinks he needs to call, and it's not going to matter. Like, Cheney has to call plays that his players can perform, and he has yet to do that. Like, he has yet to try to, like, accentuate whatever Garantano's strengths are. Well, that's what I was going to say, Seth, because I feel like, you know, we were talking about Andy Reid, and, you know, I know you're just joking, but, like, Andy Reid likes throwing the ball down the field. So I say that just because there's one thing I feel confident in Jared Garantano doing, and that's throwing the ball deep down the field. Like, that's the only time he has any type of touch on a pass. That's the only time he looks competent is on deep passes. And, you know, Pruitt's a dickhead for what he said about Cheney. And, you know, but, like, I do feel like we should have been throwing the ball down the field a little further. Because Garantano is, Garantano is not accurate enough to dink and dunk our way down the field. Because what you're going to see is interceptions like you know eventually they're going to figure out the short passes and you're going to have underneath guys in the zone and he's going to throw a pick six or they're going to jump an outside route where they're throwing the ball 35 yards to get four why not let your receivers go down the field we have receivers who can make plays down the field to me that's what made me so angry and to me that is why I was mad at Jim Chaney yesterday yeah so I I mean I, I mainly meant it in the sense that like we were looking at the Liberty score and I was like man I really wish Pruitt had just hired Freeze as soon as possible and we had gotten him, and Luke was like, well, probably wouldn't have mattered because we're still stuck with this dude at quarterback. But, like, I see one thing that I think after four games, I don't think that the wide receivers can get separation. Like, I think it's fine to throw it deep. I agree with you there. I wish they would throw it deep because I think that throwing it deep is just as good as one of Paxton Brooks' shitty punts. He is so bad at punting. He is awful. No disrespect to him if he's listening. I mean no ill will towards you off the field, but my guy, you are the worst punter I've ever had on one of my favorite football teams. He did not even punt at 40 yards once yesterday, I believe. He put zero inside the 20. Like, it's pitiful. It, 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 I, I tweeted it out yesterday. I am almost equally as mad at the punting as I am the quarterback play. The punting infuriates me because you know at Tennessee, haha, punter you, we've always had a pretty good punter. The Titans have had Brett Kern for the last decade. He's the best he punter in the NFL. Like, he, he punted 140 yards. It must have been right at 40. It must have been the one that was in the end exactly zone. It was exactly 40. It was exactly it must have been 40. the one that went in the end zone for a touchback. It's probably what it was. He had two punts for 33 yards yesterday. He is so bad, and it's not 33 yards of coffin corners. Like, 33 yards works if you are trying to pin somebody like inside the five. Then like, he punted another 37 yards. Oh, we were at the UK 37. That's what I'm saying. Like, that and we the one punted that a touchback. Yeah, yeah, that's after Garantano got sacked. We netted 17 yards. Yeah, we went from first and 10 on the 30 to giving them, ball on the, giving them the ball on the 20. So I, I am mad at Jim Chaney and like... Oh, UCLA. Jim Chaney was terrible. I just like, like Jeremy should just say like, look, I hated the call. Because we all know, Jeremy, we all know you're itching to fire Chaney to put in Chip Long, your buddy, as offensive coordinator. Wait, we, you said we all know that. I didn't know that. Who the hell is Chip Long? I mean... I remember his name, but like, where, where's he? He's from? offensive analyst. He's from Birmingham. He played at UNA. Okay. He's our, he he was offensive coordinator at Notre Dame for several years, and like him and Kelly just did not get along at all. So is that the new thing? I mean, I think it is. Like, I, I think okay. So. Well, I didn't know if other people were saying that as well. I mean, because I like, didn't really have I, like I didn't I didn't really come into this thinking too much about Pruitt and Cheney having a strained relationship. It just seemed really weird after the game yesterday. I don't know for sure. And, like, I mean, I think Pruitt obviously knows, like, 
that was his. That was worse than Georgia State to me. It was one hundred percent worse than Georgia State. That was much a much bigger fuck up than losing to Georgia State, in my opinion. I found myself way more disgusted after that game. I wasn't even mad; I was just disgusted. And it was really one of those times where I was like, "Man, why do I care so much about college football? Like, I need to just really disconnect from that." Because I don't even like college football, really, like outside of Tennessee. Like, I'll watch like Alabama, Georgia, but those are the only two games I watched yesterday. I could easily cut that off and do something on Saturdays. And that's how I felt yesterday after watching Tennessee just lay a complete egg against Kentucky. We've seen beatdowns. I can stomach a beatdown to Georgia or Alabama. But watching Kentucky in year three just dominate us, that was brutal. I think Kentucky's offense had gotten one first down and we were down 14 to nothing. Yeah. Yeah, they couldn't do anything. They got gotten four first downs, and we were down at halftime. They had gotten four first downs, and we were down seventeen nothing. Like I do not blame the defense for quitting in the second half. Me neither. Like now, it's bullshit that Pruitt can still not stop a slant. Yeah, that's the that's the most infuriating thing. Is like it's been four it's four games, bro. It's bullshit. That's too. It's bullshit. Like, give up the outside of the field. Make somebody throw an over-the-shoulder catch against you. Because there's very few quarterbacks that can do it over and over and over again, okay? But stop a slant. Stop a damn slant, man. You let Terry Wilson throw slants on you all day. All day. You let Terry Wilson throw slants on you. Now, I don't blame the defense for quitting a bit. I thought, I think it's pretty pitiful that nobody caught the middle linebacker on the second interception. That's pretty pitiful, okay? Especially when you got some speed out there. And I didn't even see anybody running except like one offensive lineman in Garantano. Gray sort of kind of tried and got shielded. Okay. Like that's pretty pitiful. But there was okay, no but, receivers, you know, chasing him down from behind. But unless they all just got smashed and I missed it, it's pretty pitiful. Nobody caught him. Nobody caught him. I will say the defense possession coming out of halftime was pretty frustrating. It was pretty sad, yeah. But I mean, like it was weird. The whole team just quit. Like I mean, Pruitt quit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Pruitt. Like at the end of the third quarter, Pruitt straight up quit. Even when it was twenty-four to seven, that game could have been won. Like. That game could have easily been won. You know, like, it was not hard to imagine a scenario where that game is won. Like, Josh Dobbs comes back and wins you that game. Yeah, I mean, if you just put a little pressure on their offense and keep your defense in, like, I was not worried that Kentucky was going to keep scoring. Now, eventually, the defense quit, like you said. And, like, it was, it got pretty obvious that Tennessee wasn't ever going to throw the ball down the field again. And, you know, at that point, everyone had quit, which was pretty frustrating. Like, if you're going to do that, why is Garantano out there? If you don't trust him to throw the ball down the field, like, get him out. So I have thought up until now that him always going back to Garantano was defensible. It is not defensible any longer. I mean, especially if you're, when you're going to put him in and not play. Like, dude, if, if you're going to be down three scores at the end of the third quarter with him in and you're not even going to try to throw the ball, like, at the end of the third quarter... It was third and long. We'll say third and 20. And we threw like a like a five-yard pass to Jacob Warren. There was one where we ran a two-yard inside handoff to Eric Gray, which just ran an extra 40 seconds off the clock. So at that point, we left. 
there like, was the it. awful timeout he called to challenge to let them video review that on the two yard line. Like oh, this is Pruitt coached a shitty game. Like which I, which what challenge? He didn't actually challenge it, but he called a timeout trying to let the replay look at it when they uh, Terry Wilson looked like he fumbled the ball maybe out of the end zone. Yeah, but like it was pretty obvious that it wasn't like he. Like, it was pretty obvious that you were not going to get that call overturned because the ball was far outside the pylon and, like, his foot maybe was out of bounds anyways. Is that when they threw the fade? Yeah, that's when they eventually threw – they ended up eventually throwing the fade where Bryce Thompson turned around in the middle of the play to call for an offensive pass interference. Yeah, so – Which he probably did. It probably was an offensive pass interference, but, like, hey, Bryce, just finish the play, bro. Yeah, so it was 24-7, to and it was 3rd and 18 with 5 minutes and 40 seconds left in the 3rd. And we ran the ball with Eric Gray for one yard. Yep, that's so, what I'm talking about. Like we didn't hold. Been, we you would have been better off. Hold on, you would have been better off to just like bring your punt team out there and save the 40 seconds. Like if that's all you're going to do, just like if you're not going to try to at least throw like a, a bubble screen, just bring the punt team out and save your 40 seconds. Like you, you would say that's well, that's disrespecting football, or whatever. Like you're disrespecting football the way you played all second half. Like just have some balls, have some balls, and just punt the ball on third down. You weren't going to get it. You didn't want to, you, you didn't want your quarterback to get hit because all of a sudden we couldn't block anybody. Like just punt the ball then. Yeah. So Kentucky scores a field goal. And that makes it a 20-point game. Yeah, so Kentucky scores a field goal, 27-20. Third and 21 from the Tennessee 14, with 17 seconds left in the third. We throw a pass to Jacob Warren that gets 7 yards. It was like a 4-yard pass that he turned up field for. I don't even say it was like right at the line of scrimmage, but either way. Oh, it might have been at the line of scrimmage, okay. Either way, I mean, it wasn't far down the field. At that point, we walked out. You're a good one. I would have been gone way before then. So, if you're, like, they did not even try to win the game. What Pruitt did yesterday is indefensible. He did not even try to win the game. Anybody that defends him, okay, and I say this knowing that when I go to my parents tomorrow night and me and my dad talk about the game, he's going to defend what Pruitt did because of how bad Garantano is. But anybody that tries to defend Pruitt is wrong and they're being dumb. They're being obtuse. Like, they are willingly just... Like, there is no reason to take up for him. What he did was indefensible. We heard back in January, December, February, whenever the hell it was, I guess Holiday was an early enrollee. So we heard like in November and December that Jim Chaney got his fat ass up and took a flight to wherever in the hell Mississippi that Jimmy Holiday is from. And he showed up to Mr. and Mrs. Holiday's house with the binder, a binder full of plays that he had specifically for Jimmy Holiday at quarterback. For the last two years, Mark Stoops has been beating people with a guy at quarterback, and they don't even they don't even put on a they don't even try to pretend that they're going to throw the ball. And he's been winning games. They have been running wishbone out of the shotgun for two years now. And they have been beating ass. And yesterday, Mark Stoops took his wishbone and he shoved it up Jeremy Pruitt's asshole. Where is that at? Terry Wilson can do it. I promise you Jimmy Holiday can do it. 
Because we have Eric Gray and they don't. They could not stop Eric Gray. But Kentucky knew that Jim Chaney would get bored. Kentucky's entire defensive plan rested on Jim Chaney getting bored. It's like Jim Chaney at a salad bar. He's just bored. And they knew that Chaney might have one drive where he runs at every play, but eventually he was going to scratch that itch and he was going to throw it and he was going to stretch the field. And when he stretched the field, they were going to pounce. And guess what? It worked. It was the simplest defensive game plan that is possible in the SEC. It is literally, we are going to bet that the other offensive coordinator will eventually throw it deep out of boredom. He will try to stretch the field. And it worked because only one drive did Jim Chaney say, hmm, yeah, I have the best player on the field. I guess I'm going to give it to him. Ten straight plays. And that was the one drive we got a touchdown. We could have literally gone down the entire field by throwing five-yard little angle routes to Eric Gray. We could have gone down the entire field. We could have gotten to their 10 or 15-yard line doing that alone. But Jim Chaney was simply too bored. He cannot do it. If you cannot take what they are giving you, Mark Stoops opened up that game and he might as well have had a platter. And on it, it said, Jim Chaney, you can run the ball for 300 yards today if you simply have the patience to hand the ball off. Mark Stoops made that bet. He made the bet that Jim Chaney would be too bored to do it, that he couldn't do it. And Mark Stoops is right. And I wish that Mark Stoops was the Tennessee football coach. Oh, wow. We're there. Hell yeah, I'm there. He wins a ton of games for for Kentucky every single year. So you're out. You're done. I mean, no, I'm not done, but I think Mark Stoops is a better coach than Jeremy Pruitt. I mean, he wins more games at Kentucky than Jeremy's been winning at Tennessee. Yeah. No, I'm not out because Tennessee doesn't have a choice. And it, and it, and it does seem like, well, I'll, I'll give Mark Stoops his credit. It does seem like he wins no matter what. It he does. That's the thing. Like that's it's it's almost. I'm not saying Mark Stoops is as good as Dan Mullen. I'm not. But do you remember how people kind of like? They kind of like just when Dan Mullen got brought up, they're just kind of like, yeah, you know, no thanks because he's winning like seven games a year at Mississippi State. Right. There there are a lot of people who laughed when Florida hired Dan Mullen. We were not two of them, but a lot of people did. But you know what Dan Mullen did every single year he was at Mississippi State? He won seven games. Every year, except the first one. And found a way to have pretty good quarterback play. He, he went six and seven in 2016. He went nine and four, seven and six, eight and five, seven and six, ten and three, nine and four, six and seven, eight and four. People didn't want that because they didn't want an eight and four coach. Because they have no sense of, like, look at where he's at, man. It's the same thing in a way with Mark Stoops. Like Mark Stoops, like you said, and this is the greatest, to me, this is like the greatest compliment that you can give a coach. He wins no matter what. Since 2016, he has gone seven and six, seven and six, ten and three, eight and five, and he's now two and two. He's adaptable. He's adaptable. 
He like, will mold to what he has to do. He took a wide receiver, Lynn Bowden, and found a way to win a bunch of games. Do we think that if Jeremy that if fifteen months ago or fourteen months ago Jeremy Pruitt is in is in blue and white at historic Kroger Field when Terry Wilson shreds his ACL, do we really think that Jeremy Pruitt puts Lynn Bowden out there at quarterback and says to hell with it? I'm gonna win a shit ton of games anyway. No, none of us think. No, he wouldn't have done that. He would have stuck with Sawyer Smith or whatever the hell that dude's name was. That was terrible. But Mark Stoops said, you know, people are going to laugh. It's ugly. We're going to throw the ball five times a game, which is laughable. But I'm going to put my very best player on the team at quarterback. And I'm going to put two running backs out there with them, and we're going to run the wishbone. He would have had Juwan Jennings out there last year. He would have looked looked to Jimmy Holiday yesterday. I mean, like, yeah, no, I mean, like, we laughed when Florida State was talking about Mark Stoops, but like Mark Stoops is pretty damn good, and it's really frustrating that it seemed like Pruitt last year was willing to do anything to try to spark the team, and yesterday he just had no answers and no desire. This is the third year that Pruitt has been coached, and it is the third time that there has been a game where we have inexplicably come out and proceeded to take the football at midfield and shove it up our asshole for 60 minutes. Vanderbilt, Georgia State, Kentucky. Three teams that you cannot lose to. And we lost to him. He did it again yesterday. He did it again yesterday. He did not even try to win the game. Like, how on earth on October 17th, 2020, do you, in the highest paid offensive coordinator in college football, still not have a backup plan to Jarrett Garantano losing his mind? That is what I have constantly thought about since the game. This is the second year this stuff has happened. Yeah, no, I mean, and it was, you it, have no it, answer at quarterback. And you you just have four guys out there, and I don't trust any of them. I don't think any of them can play. And, you know, we had a, a patron question, Blue Moon Vol asked, you know, about putting Harrison Bailey in against Alabama. And, like, the people saying you can't ruin his confidence. Well, if he doesn't have any confidence against Alabama, then he's not the guy. And, like, I agree with that point, but, like, I don't think Harrison Bailey's any good yet. And I don't think that uh, – People will like seeing the fact that he's not very good yet, and I don't think Jeremy Pruitt, I don't think it would behoove him to throw a guy out there who clearly hasn't improved since getting on campus or hasn't improved enough. And yesterday during the game, you weren't there, Seth, so you didn't hear it. The the, the announcers talked about Harrison Bailey and why he hasn't uh, come far enough along, and the quote they said was from Pruitt that he only has time for two quarterbacks this offseason, and he doesn't have time to waste on fourth string. So you have this guy waiting in the wings, this answer, this savior, if you will, at quarterback, at least in some fans' minds. And like, what happens if you throw him out there and he sucks too? Because he threw one, he threw pretty, he threw one pretty good pass to Wideman. It was more of a hell of a catch by Wideman, but it was a good pass. And then that was it. That's the only good pass he had. So what happens if he sucks too against Alabama? Then you have no hope. Then it looks like you haven't made any damn progress. Yeah. That you're going to be looking next year for a quarterback again because let me tell you, no one wants year six of Garantano, 
And no one wants year three of JT Stroud or year three of Brian Maurer. So what happens if Harrison Bailey sucks too? You know, I, we said it last week on the podcast. We both said it. We said, I don't, they can say what they want to say, but people that played against Georgia played in that scrimmage. But Shrout and Maurer didn't play in that scrimmage. It was only Harrison Bailey. And I said, I'm telling, like, it seems to me that no matter what they say, they are putting him on the fast track to play. It might be, so in the spring, he's the number one guy, but they're putting him, they're accelerating the process because JT Shroud has not played near enough that he doesn't need those, those scrimmage snaps. He doesn't need 50 scrimmage snaps because he needs them. He needs, he needs a whole hell of a lot more than 50 scrimmage snaps. And I will say that it was a good thing he got uh, that scrimmage and gave Harrison Bailey all the snaps because now that quote during the game doesn't look as bad because he's like, hey, I'm trying now. We're trying to catch up. Well, no, in my in my opinion, it looks worse because how the hell are you just now doing this? Oh, yeah, no, no, but I'm saying like at least they're doing that now is what I'm saying. Like imagine if those quotes came out and like there wasn't the scrimmage last Sunday where he got – 50 snaps. Yeah. Imagine if like I'm saying at least he can say, well, we're trying now. We're trying to play catch up. And you heard him say during the, uh, you know, you heard during the presser, I'm basically blame COVID and say some of our guys aren't playing well, but how could they? We don't get to practice. Well, it sucks, man. Like Harrison Bailey graduated early. He got, he was supposed to get 15 spring practices, three scrimmages. He got one. Fall camp finally starts. He cannot practice for weeks. It sucks, man. Jeremy, it sucks, okay? It sucks for the kid. It sucks for the program. It sucks for everyone. But you are paid however many millions of dollars a year. And Jim Chaney's paid millions of dollars a year as an offensive coordinator to get over things that suck, okay? Like, we didn't go after JT Daniels because Ty Simpson came out and said, look, if they take JT Daniels, they've got Multiple underclassmen on the team already, and they've got Caden Salter committed. That's a pretty crowded quarterback room, so it would be a big deal if UT took JT Daniels. It would be a strike against them. So UT doesn't even touch Daniels with a 10-foot pole. Well, guess what, Jeremy? You can't worry about Ty Simpson. There are games between then between now and whenever the hell Ty Simpson graduates high school, it can be in orange and white. Like, how did we go into 2020 without a backup plan for Garantano? That's all I have been able to think about. Like, yeah, it is enraging. It is infuriating that they quit, that the coaches quit yesterday. Like, I don't even... I, you know what, the defense, you played a hell of a first half, you've played a hell of a game against Georgia, you've gotten better over the season, and you're now a pretty good defensive unit. I don't blame you one bit for quitting. Because you knew that even if you got a three and out against Kentucky, what was Big Germ going to do? He wasn't going to try to score. So what was the point of playing defense? But the coaches quit, and that is disgusting. But all I have been able to think about is how they still do not have any sort of backup plan for Jarek Garantano. Their backup plan was literally throw JT Shrout out there. Throw him to the wolves. For and, one play. And, for, one, for one throw, and then put his ass back on the bench, too. He literally 
had zero chance to succeed. Like, they didn't run a play to help him get comfortable. They didn't run anything easy like a screen. We know that Jim Chaney is not going to run a slant. So he didn't run a slant for Shroud to throw. He how didn't about run a little pop pass to Velas. Like how about one of those little jet motion, throw it forward, get him a completion. Let's yeah. move forward with that. How, how about one of those? Like, didn't we run the ball twice and then it was third down? I want to say we ran the ball once. And then we threw it on second down. I believe that's what it was. And it looked like to me the dude just totally freaked out when his first two options or whatever weren't there and he tried to force something. He had no hope. Because again, his offensive play caller did not give him a chance to succeed. Call a pass to Eric Gray. Literally, Tennessee has like the magic, they have like a magic wand on their offense. And his name is Eric Gray. And literally, you can just give him the ball. And he will make up for whatever other shit has happened. Okay? He really tried on the drive after the first pick six. He was open again, but Jared Garantano was going to throw to Jalen Hyatt, come hell or high water. Even though Eric Gray was wide open yet again on that pass. And then the next drive, they gave it to Eric Gray 10 straight plays, and we scored a touchdown. So you have, again, we lost 34-7 to yesterday. We got our ass kicked up and down the field. As I said, Mark Stoops shoved the football up Jeremy Pruitt's ass for 60 minutes. And everyone knows who the best player on the field was. It was Eric Gray. And we lost 34 to 7. I mean, how inexcusable is it? Do we really think that Kentucky could have stopped Jimmy Holiday at quarterback, Eric Gray on one side, and Ty Chandler on the other. It sounds so redneckish, but that's what I want. I want I want Jimmy Holiday. I don't I don't want to see Harris and Billy. No thanks, Harrison. I've seen enough. Give me Jimmy. And I acknowledge it sounds very redneckish. I, I acknowledge that people are gonna say that's stupid, but let's see it. Let's try it. Throw him out there. Let him run around. It'll at least be exciting. Uh, Eric Gray averaged 5.5 yards a touch yesterday. 24 carries for 128 yards. It's sickening, man. I, like I said, it's just at the point where I'm like, I, I don't plan on watching the Alabama game. I really just, I, I think I am just not going to watch it. I'm going to find something else to do on Saturday. I will DVR it. And uh, if we win, I'll watch it. If it's close, we'll watch it. If not, I will just rely on people because it seems dumb to waste our time to, like, break down a 28-point loss. Especially when they're not even trying to win. That's what I'm saying. Like, to break down a 28-point loss with the nuance and, like, actually of what happens each play, it's pointless. I didn't need to see I didn't need to see anything yesterday to know that we got our ass kicked. I could have looked at the box score and said we got our ass kicked. All, all I needed to see was the the two Garantano pick sixes because you knew after the first one it was over. Eric Gray did try to tackle the guy on the second pick six. Yeah, I he just did. Saw it. He did. He got he got uh, he got blocked. He if if you take away the three sacks, Tennessee averaged over five yards a carry, man. All literally all we had to do was hand the ball off 
And Mark Stoops bet that Jim Chaney would get too bored and that he couldn't do it because he would get too bored with not stretching the field. And Mark Stoops was right. Mark Stoops was correct. I want you to guess Jarrett Garantano's quarterback rating. I want to say it was like a 22, right? It was 4.4. I saw where JT Stroud was minus 200. (laughs) I didn't know that even did that. I didn't either because it's it's showing 0.0 on ESPN right now, so maybe they don't do negative quarterback ratings. I think on Tennessee's official stats it said negative 200 yesterday. Now, granted, I'd never seen that, so maybe I was a typo. Mm-hmm. Someone took a screenshot of the stats and posted in the Discord, and it was minus 200. But again, that might be a typo. Because I've never seen it go below zero. But again, that's just, that's just the NFL, so I don't know if college does it differently. It's incredibly frustrating. And like I said, it makes me feel dumb for wasting time caring about this. While yeah, I have a like- beautiful, undefeated... Tennessee Titan football team. In some ways, like like yesterday, I was much more upset during the Georgia game than I was yesterday. I disagree. I was very upset yesterday during the game. Like yesterday just added it just the it added so much more clarity to my eyes for the rest of the year. Like uh, you know, there is no point and getting upset, I'm not going to be upset, you know, this weekend, like, there's no point in caring, like, maybe we'll beat Arkansas, Barry Odom will probably shove the football right back up Jim Chaney's asshole, maybe we won't, but, like, man, if it's going to be like that, you know, I mean, then just, like, it ain't worth getting upset about. No, yeah, no, I, I, I'm officially checked out the rest of the season. Like I said, I'm not watching the Alabama game. Unless you guys tell me we won. Or I'll, I'll, check, I'll keep up with the score, but I am uh, going to find something else to do. It's just, I mean, like I said, the only thing I have been able to think about for uh, 24 hours now is how in the world did they really not have a backup plan for Jared Gantano? Because, and that's like, what was so frustrating to me. You said the Georgia game was more frustrating to you. I could just jot that down as like a talent discrepancy. Oh, I was just more upset during the Georgia game. Sure, like, but I, I, I kind of said like, "Hey, that's a, the best defense in the country." Blah blah. Yeah, blah. yeah, 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 yeah. Talent. Like yesterday wasn't that. Yesterday was just like, man, this program isn't anywhere close to being good. Because like, I mean, you could say you're one quarterback away, but like, I have zero confidence they're going to find the quarterback. Like, even if Caden Salter is good, like, I don't know if he'll be coached right here. And that really sucks because I really bought in on Jeremy Pruitt. I'd wanted him to be good. And yesterday, just Georgia didn't kill any uh, hope I had of him being good. Agree. But he totally ruined it yesterday. Kentucky completely put me back down to like square one with him. Agree. Yeah. I mean, agree. Maybe even he, in the he, negative, whenever you see like the post game press conference stuff. Yeah. I mean, listen, this is, this is a depressing thought that I had last night. Well, the rest of the podcast has been so uplifting, so I'll allow you to bring us down now. How much better off would Tennessee be right now if they had simply said when Jake Bentley decided he was going to be a graduate transfer, if they had simply said, Jake, why don't you come to Tennessee? I mean, I don't know if this is better or worse, but I thought that about Felipe Franks. Felipe Franks? I wanted Felipe Franks. Jake Bentley, either one. Tennessee's what three and one? Yeah, 
Tennessee plays with Kentucky deep into the fourth quarter. I mean, Tennessee plays with Georgia deep into the fourth quarter. Yes, and then you beat you beat Kentucky. And you beat Kentucky. The only way you lose to Kentucky is if you throw two pick sixes and fumble another time. That's it, and we did And that. throw another interception that leads to a field goal. Right, and we did that. And we did that. And if Jake Bentley is quarterback of the Tennessee Volunteers with seven minutes left in that Georgia game, I bet it is a one-score game. With seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter against Georgia, I bet it's a one-score game. And like I said, I, I felt the same way about Felipe Franks. And it might be with Felipe Franks. He's looked good. He's done enough for his team to win the game. He's done enough. What? Yeah, he's done enough. He's, he has what more can you ask for out of Felipe Franks? You know he has his issues. You ask for him simply to do a good enough job that his team has a chance. I think that Jake Bentley and Felipe Franks would have done that. But it was never even talked about. It was never even discussed. We briefly talked about JT Daniels, but that was it. It was like the coaches never even pretended that there was a quarterback competition. Which that alone, if you knew going into spring practice that there was not going to be a quarterback competition, that alone should have said, holy shit, anybody that has a heartbeat on the transfer market, I need to go get. But I guess Jim Cheney was too busy in the offseason, like after the season was over, he was too busy making that binder for Jimmy Holiday that he's probably thrown in the trash or like he's used the pages as napkins. He probably lost the plays that he had for Jimmy Holiday. I, uh, I don't know if it's fair because I don't know who ultimately made the decision. But... I don't have a lot of confidence in Jim Chain when it comes to quarterbacks, seeing how he chose Jake Fromm over Justin Fields. Yeah. And, again, maybe it's not fair to him. Maybe it was Kirby's decision. Yeah, I feel like it was probably Kirby's, right? But you could have got Justin Fields on the play, on the ground, on the, on the field more. When, he, when Justin Fields did get out there, it was just as a running back. Or that dumbass fake punt. Like, I mean, like. That was definitely Kirby, yeah. But I'm saying, like, like, you know, they would bring Justin Fields in for his dumb little packages, and they never showed any creativity out of him. It was just a run to the left, run to the right. Yeah, he would have been better off just not playing Justin Fields. Like, if that's what uh, you man, what, a, what, what, a, what a difference a week makes. I mean, they're not going to fire Chris Winkie because of Ty Simpson. Who cares? Ty, Ty, if you're Ty Simpson, you don't come to school here. Like I agree, you go for, I agree. You go but I'm telling else. you, I'm not. I'm just. I'm just telling you that's what's going to happen. Yeah, that's fine. I, just get me Caden Salter and let's get me a quarterback that can come in and run. Like I'm tired of caring about these high school quarterbacks. People were excited about Garantano too, and they can they can pretend they weren't, but they were. But it whenever is he, criminal he that, here, that Chris Winkie. It is criminal that Chris Winkie is the quarterbacks coach. I oh, know whoever is developing the quarterbacks. Chris Winkie or Jim Cheney, they're both awful at their job. Whoever's in charge of the quarterbacks, which I thought that was kind of what Chris, uh, what Jim Cheney was supposed to come in and kind of help, and he has done nothing with it. So uh, you can blame Chris Winkie, that's fine, but I feel like Jim Cheney, he hasn't done any better. So the quarterback position sucks at Tennessee, and I have no confidence it will be good ever again. Yeah. I mean, it's simply not an excuse that, like, the quarterback coaching has sucked because of Garantano, then go find somebody else, man. This is year three. 
nope, there's no excuse for that. It's not. It's year three. It's also year five of Garantano. So I mean, like you, ha- you have seen enough. Let's run through some quick patron questions. Let's wrap this up. Uh, no new patrons. patreoncom slash ranch. All right, let's grab a couple of these on the way out the door. Uh, let's see. Kilby wants to know SEC championship game appearances in the next ten years over under point five. Under. God damn it! I'm not even going to argue about it. Why would I, why would anybody say over? I mean, I would take the over just if you actually like if that was an actual prop you could bet on. But like, you're right; it's just a waste of money. You know. Like I said yesterday, just made me feel like we're not even close. We're not even fucking close. Just how how brutal, man. I, I don't even have it in me to get mad right now. <sighs> oh yeah, I'm not mad either. BMV, like I said, asked about uh, why do people say we can't play Bailey against Alabama about and ruining his confidence. I don't think it's about ruining his confidence. Usually people say that BMV because it's like a death sentence because their defensive line is so good and you don't want to throw a quarterback out there to let him die and get killed. But you would think Tennessee could pass block good enough to let him have some time to throw. I'm just my personal theory is that I don't think Harrison Bailey's any good. He can he can be good, but I don't think he's any good right now as a freshman. And if you throw him out there and he doesn't look good, then what momentum do you have as a program? My personal theory is that Jeremy Pruitt is going to tell people, just wait for Harrison Bailey, just wait for Harrison Well, that's Bailey. what I'm saying, Harrison yeah. That, that, that's, but that's if you I'm let saying. the cat out of the bag... Then you know the cat's dead. That he ain't any good, then uh, there ain't no reason to... There's, there's like, reason to really start questioning Big Germ. I have no idea if Harrison Bailey's going to be good or not. I'll just add that caveat. I have no idea. I just don't think he's good right now, and I think I don't think anyone would argue differently. That, that he's good right now, ready to go right now. He's not. Could he be better than Garantano? Maybe. But what happens if he's not? You gonna be excited to watch him as a sophomore if he's not better than Garantano right now? Hell no. Like does Caden Salter look at that and say, "Well, this guy's the guy. I'm not coming here anymore." Even if he's not any good, like even if even if Harrison Bailey isn't good, like just that's why I think they're dragging their feet on it. That's why I think they wanted Garantano to like just you know like whatever. Shroud and Mauer couldn't beat him, I guess, but like they also wanted Garantano to serve his last year. And then have an open quarterback battle next year, and then hopefully start bringing these elite quarterbacks in every year, right? With the uh, Salter this year, Ty Simpson next year, like all those, and then eventually you'll, you'll find one that works. I mean, I, 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 there's nothing in me that like that leads me to believe that like Salter is going to be like great. Yeah, I mean, why would I like? Why would we think that? I mean, I don't know. I just know he's a top 100, and they say. Yeah, I mean, Harrison around. Bailey was a five. Harrison Bailey was a five star. No, I, I know, but like, uh, they, this guy's more athletic, right? I mean, that would be the answer. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I'm just saying like that's why people think because I mean, you have to have a quarterback who can move around, and it's funny that you know we, we're going from Garantano, who can't move around, to uh, Harrison Bailey doesn't look like he can move around a lot. As the coaches are talking about, as the coaches are talking about the importance gonna, of being able to I, move I, around, I'm gonna guess he can move around better than. Yeah, I'm going to go out on the limb and say every quarterback we have on the roster right now moves better than Garantano. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, he is awful at moving. He is he's in quicksand or mud. He's stuck in mud. Like, I don't even, like, yeah, it would be a cool to have, like, a true, I mean, yeah, it would be cool to have Josh Dobbs type runner, but, like, I just want a guy that can get six yards when he needs to. Like, that would be cool in and of itself. But, like, there's nothing that leads me to believe that, like, Salter is some... Like, 
I mean, automatic, like, I mean, is he even an early enrollee? If he's not an early enrollee, well, then you can punt the ball on him playing next year. Jay Skizzle wants to know, should we give up on Tennessee football? I'll say, Jay Skizzle, don't give up, but pull yourself out. Yeah, well, like, okay, why is why is anybody caring caring that much right now? Like, yeah, just pull out, Jay Skizzle. Like, because I know personally, I care a lot about UT football, but, like, I had a fantastic night last night. Like, I had, fa- I had a great night with my best friend Luke watching the NLCS and Alabama versus Georgia. Like, I, the game, like, didn't, like, the game didn't, like, ruin the rest of my day. If you're letting the, like, if you let yesterday ruin your day, then, like, you need to be better, man. Like, you need to be better for the people that you love. It okay? did ruin my day yesterday. It did. And that's when, I mean, as it was ruining my day, I was like, uh, this this is it. You got to quit. But it was just like, you know, I'm attached to it, man. I can't leave, like, right now. I'm I can't either. I can't either. I, I'm well, not no, saying I, I leave. I just mean, like, work-wise and, like, in the city. Like, I mean, I have to rely on it. And even, like, if I'm not... Because, you know, on my radio show, I don't even have to talk a lot of Tennessee sports, but, like, it's just all around me with the listeners and, like, the other shows there. So, like, I mean, it, I can disconnect, but, like, it just fucks up the money. It just fucks up my life. But I'm just like, I got I to gotta quit caring right now. I would not, if whoever's listening, I would not give – more than sixty cents, more than sixty seconds of brain power this week to the Alabama game. Oh no, not at all, not at all. Do not pay attention to it. Tennessee has a bye week. Tennessee has back to back bye weeks. No, no bye week. Just, just acknowledge they're going to get their ass kicked. There's no need to call it a bye week. You're going to get fucking embarrassed on national TV again. It's not a bye week. I'm not giving them that courtesy. They're going to get. Oh, baptized. I'm not talking about for the team. I'm talking about for us. Per- like, just don't even think about it. Like, who cares, man? Like, they're going to get killed. Like, don't like. It doesn't matter. Like, don't worry about it, man. It's out of your control. It is out of your control, and it is above you. It is above the level you should care at because it's just, yes. just going to. It's just going to ruin you. It's just going to make you mad. Just don't pay attention to it. I am not advocating for giving the coaches a bye week. Oh, no, no. I'm just saying, like, you know, I know sometimes we say it's a bye week. Tennessee's not playing. Ha, ha, ha. Like, what are we doing on the bye week? No, it's not. Like, we're going to get our ass kicked. We're walking the plank. We're going to get embarrassed again. Everyone's going to make fun of you again. Yeah, I just meant for our, our hey, look, somebody on VolQuest had the same thought I did. About Holiday at quarterback gives us the best chance to win the season. You know, user on VolQuest CLHDLT, you're a smart man if you're listening. Put Jimmy Holiday at quarterback. Do it. I said it yesterday in the Discord. So you stole my idea, by the way. I guarantee that if Mike Norvell had been able to come in at the last second and flip Jimmy Holiday from Tennessee or TCU, I guarantee that Jimmy Holiday would have played quarterback for the Knowles so far at some this season. Put him in. Put him in, cowards. Let's see. Put uh, him in. Power T tape says you get five punts. How many are longer than 37.8 yards, which is what Paxton Brooks averaged per punt? What did he average say that against? 37.8. If you got five attempts, how many could you get longer than that? 
I personally could get zero. I can't kick the ball. I couldn't either, but like I'm not on a scholarship to the University of Tennessee to, to punt. I was not on a scholarship to the University of T. My, I know some people can boot the hell out of the ball, though, like that aren't playing, but I, I've never been able to. When we played kickball in gym class, I was like a singles hitter. I, I made my money in kickball on defense. I was an elite defender, and I slapped singles over the third baseman's head. That was my goal. It's like, here's the deal with Paxton. It Man, is those, so- that- those soccer players would come up during kickball though and boot that bitch to the moon. I always remember. I remember always being so jealous of that. It isn't like should play more soccer as a kid. He shakes some. He shanks some every once in a while. It's like when he, he shanks everyone. With- he shanks everyone. When he booms one, he booms it to the tune of forty-two yards. Okay, we're not getting every once in a while some booming sixty-yard punt with some shanks mixed in. They all suck. They all suck ass. He never flips the field, and there is zero touch. There is zero touch. The only good punt he had was a shank punt that went off of a South Carolina's player because they was like, there's no way the ball's going this far. It's got to go further than this. Honest to goodness. Like, I don't know why Pruitt pussied out yesterday and didn't go for it on fourth down. Seriously. But, but go. That was. I mean, that was pitiful, man. I mean, the line of thinking, I'm imagining if, uh, if you asked – Jeremy Pruitt, he would say, our defense is going to stop Kentucky. They're not going to score any more points, blah, blah, blah. If we get stopped here, they're going to be in field goal range already. To which I would say, who cares? The only who thing we've, cares? The only thing we've been good at on offense all year is the fourth and one. That's the only thing we've been able to do consistently. Who gives a shit, Jeremy? You have a punter that can't kick it. There is zero reason. For us not to just go for it on fourth down period unless we're in field goal range with C-Mags. Which, by the way, hey, we haven't tried a field goal with C-Mags since, like, Missouri or whatever. So who knows if he's any good. So, like, go for it because if you're going to... You cannot play a defensive field position type game when your punter is incapable of flipping field position. Like, Jeremy, if you're listening, you can't do it, dude. If you had Georgia's punter, you could do it. Because that dude can kick it to the damn surface of the moon. But Paxton Brooks, man, like, it ain't it ain't happening. But it's cool, we got Joe Doyle just over there sitting. Joe Doyle had a 71-yard punt one time. 71 yards. That is double what Paxton Brooks' average was yesterday, roughly. We have Jimmy Holiday and Joe Doyle. We have Jimmy and Joe over there just chilling. While Mark Stoops is like running a damn train on you. OG Matt asked for three realistic names to for next head coach. Not, I, I have zero no, interest in talking about that. There is none. There is none. He is the guy that is going to be the head coach here for a while. And if he's not, we're not going to hire. There's not going to be any good names to hire. Like if he's not, there's, there's not no going to be point, anybody. Yeah, there's no point. They're not going to hire anybody worth a shit if you have to if they have to fire him. Right. So like there's it zero point in talking about it. But it is like there is no Scott Frost. A former never like developed any good coaches besides David Cutcliffe, who's too old. So there's nobody to come home. We're fucked. I guess that's all the questions we got. I mean, uh, Reese asked, shout out to Brother Reese. Uh, 
Is there any normal thing that you feel like you're elite at? He says his is eating while driving. Not being gay online like Reese and Hank. So would you say it's relatively normal to be gay online? Well, if you're Reese or Hank. I feel like I'm really good at placing uh, events with the right year. I can usually do that pretty well. Like when movies yeah. come out or songs and stuff. I can usually, games, when games happen, I can usually take myself back to where I was when that happened. You do have a, you have a very sharp memory. I would say, I don't want to admit, like I feel like I could challenge Reese, maybe not to eating while driving, but eating while, te- or driving while texting, I'm pretty good at that. Oral sex, pretty good at that. Paul Paul is going to be so mad that you. I know, I know, I know, I know. That's why I didn't want to admit it. I didn't want to admit it. I try not to do it anymore, especially as my thumb. I mean, I got arthritis setting it on my right thumb, so it's harder to do it any anymore, anyways. But Paul Paul is about to be so. Mad. I was always so good at typing on T nine. I could type out full like long ass messages without looking fast too, like in class in high school, before kids these days got to just have their phone out. I was in there ty- typing typing paragraphs that I even looking once. Uh, brother of Blue Moon Vol, he says that true freshman quarterbacks come in every year and have success. There's no reason Harrison Bailey can't. Brother Blue Moon Vol, you are correct. However, there's one variable you're not factoring in. Harrison Bailey will not come in and have success because this is Tennessee, buddy. Yeah, yeah, no, he can definitely do it. I'm not scared of playing a freshman. Like I said, against Alabama past years, it seemed like a death sentence because your offensive line couldn't block and they had four first-round picks. Yeah, this year, like, dude, just like, I don't know how you can start Garantano again. Man. They're lucky that there's only twenty thousand people in the stands. Yeah, exactly. Like if it was if it was at Alabama next week, he would one thousand percent start Garantano. The only reason that he might not is because he's going to get twenty thousand people worth of booze. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, they're lucky that it's not a hundred thousand people worth of booze. Yes, exactly. And he's really lucky that it's not a full crowd because if it was a full crowd, there is no way he could start Garantano and subject everyone to that. So I don't know what the hell he's going to do. This was fun until it wasn't. I had a good day today. My Titans won. And, like, uh, I'm actually glad we went ahead and got this out of the way. It's it's always therapeutic for me. Yeah. It's always therapeutic. I'm glad we can put it to bed now. I can uh, focus on my Titans tomorrow on the radio show. And Ryan Tannehill, top five NFL quarterback. He might be number three, actually. I might have him just firmly at number three in terms of guys I want in the offense they're in, you know? Because yeah. Wilson and Mahomes, I feel like you could drop on any team and they'd be awesome. Maybe not the Jets, but any other team after that. But I feel like with the way Tannehill is in the Titans offense, he is playing at the, the third highest level in the league. Kevin Burkhart has an electric blue suit tonight. Who you got tonight? Game seven. Braves. Dodgers. Dodgers. You got the Dodgers? Yeah, the only thing that makes me iffy is that they're starting Dustin May again. Like they're pitching him again. Well, they couldn't throw the other guy. The other guy got his shit kicked in by the Braves too. Yeah. They didn't have an answer. I mean, like Kershaw getting hurt kind of uh, fucked up their plan. Because, I mean, he should be pitching game seven if he pitched game two, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that... um... I think Opie Taylor's getting ready to eat shit. Dave Roberts will consider Clayton Kershaw in relief for Game 7. Dave, you probably ought not do that. I would probably not do that, Dave, seeing how he uh, wasn't very good last time he pitched and also has a bad back and has a history of fucking up in these moments. 
Yeah, I would not pitch Clayton Kershaw. That seems know. really mean to do to Kershaw. Yeah. Especially, like, it's not like the Dodgers don't have a good bullpen. They have arms that can throw out of the bullpen. Yeah. Like, if maybe if Big Red gets knocked around and it's, like, 4-4 or something crazy, like, in the second or third inning and you're going to need, like, four innings. Yeah. Even then, I mean, Kershaw like, shouldn't I, throw four innings. I, mean, like, I didn't goal. think Kershaw was terrible in his start. Like, no, he wasn't. Be, he just ran out of gas. I mean, yeah, it, pitching in playoffs is so weird now. It's like if, if you get a guy that starts and he could just give you five innings, I feel like that's good. Well, the Royals changed all that, you know? Yeah. When the Royals won a World Series by just throwing four innings of bullpen every night. Yeah. And having elite bullpens and won the World Series, everyone's like, oh, shit, this seems like way easier. Like it's really crazy that the Bra- what the Braves were able to do freed Anderson and Wilson's first start. I guess Will Anderson only pitched four innings that first start, but like Bryce Wilson going that deep into the game, on like you know as young as he is and with as little experience as he has was really impressive. And I, mean, I don't know, I don't know, you know. I mean, I just say the Dodgers because they've won the last two and just because they're better. But I don't know that they'll win the night. I mean. I got the Braves. I think the Braves. I would have thought the Astros would have won yesterday. I did not think yeah. the Astros were going to win last night. With with McCullers going again, so. I didn't trust McCullers. I don't know. It just, I don't know. That is pretty funny. The Astros got close to coming back, and they're like, nope, never mind. Going to lose in seven. Yeah. Yep. I do love watching Ian Anderson throw that changeup, though. You know, that that's, that's what I think is going to uh, benefit him. I mean, that's what benefited him so far in the playoffs, especially game two, is like, you know, you have big Opie in here just throwing as hard as he can. Yeah. And the Braves are smacking around. Meanwhile, Ian Anderson, young guy, is just like, you know what, I'm going to control this game with my changeup. So we got a 23-year-old going up against a 22-year-old. Against the two best offenses in baseball. Yeah. I just love Ian Anderson's changeup. Man, it's just, it's it's a beauty. It is. I think the Braves win tonight. I think the Braves win tonight. I'm excited for it. I'm ready to watch it. Yep, let's get off of here. Um, if you're looking for more Titans NFL talk, I'll do that on Tuesday with Gunkel on the NFL podcast. Um, zero thoughts about the Alabama game coming up, except don't watch it. Don't waste your time. Go do something else. Yeah, go do something fun, man. Go pick pumpkins or some shit like that. Pick up the telephone and call your mom and tell her that you love her. And listen, like I know it sucked, but this morning when I woke up, I was laying in that hotel bed, and I said, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to choose joy. Since you Do said not- that, can I just bring up something? Yeah. I feel like it's really weird that you guys stayed in the hotel room for a noon game. Yeah. Like, I would have thought you'd have left after the game. Seems a little weird that you guys would hang out from like 3 p.m. to bedtime in a hotel room. Well, when you have a bond, you have a bond. It's called brotherhood. Just saying. You can keep on saying. You didn't come hang out with us on Friday, by the way. Hey, y'all asked me at like 10 p.m. Where's the brotherhood in that? You asked me at like 10, Hank asked me at like 10 p.m. Where's the brotherhood in that? I don't even know what BDT is. Interesting. What a, what an excuse. What Hank's an excuse. like 10 p.m. I'm in bed. Get out of here. Get out of here. This brother. Go. Just, I'm just wanting to. I know that out. most of our patrons are in college, but some of us aren't in college and some of us have a family to feed and work in the fields. It was Friday night at 10 p.m. I'm tired and I just want to watch some baseball. I don't think it was 10 p.m. It was late, whatever it was. I don't think it was. I had already taken my Benadryl for the night. I know that. Well, that might have happened, but I don't think it was that late. I, don't, I, think, you're, I think you're exaggerating. I mean, it might have been 9 p.m. 
Mm, so we've already knocked an hour off there. I don't know what time it was. I don't know what time it was. Before I wasn't long, checking. Like, like, yeah, I wasn't it was like eight thirty, eight fifteen, maybe. Anyways, I was, already, I was already in bed. Love you. Talk to you next. I week. love you too. Bye bye. See you.
is a dream.